0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. How then shall we live? Lessons from a blind man. In the past couple of weeks, our world has been turned upside down. Our nature is to be social, and yet we are told to socially distance ourselves from practically everyone. A pandemic virus threatens lives around the world and down the street. The social and economic costs are staggering, and they're only getting worse. We want to help. We want to do something. We want to fix it. We want to be able to go back to our normal lives. We want to be able to go to church I want to be able to preach to your faces, and yet here we are. All we are told to do is stay home as much as possible, to try to avoid interactions with other people as much as we can. How are we supposed to live in such a time? Our circumstances this week reminded me uh, multiple times of a quote from The Lord of the Rings. Specifically, the scene I have in mind is where the fellowship has entered the minds of Moria and face yet the monumental task of trying to destroy the ring of power. Frodo is disheartened and expresses his desire that, quote, it need not have happened in my time. I think we all echo that sentiment. But ever the wise sage, and in many ways a spiritual presence in the story, Gandalf Kindly replies, so do I, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to do is decide what to do with the time that is given to us. Like many before us who have faced wars, famines, plagues, and pestilences, we did not choose to live in the midst of a pandemic. But like them, we must figure out how to live and what to do with the time that has been given to us. Our gospel passage today provides some perspective to help us understand perhaps how we should live in these days. You will hear me say this again, but one of my favorite ways to look at scripture is to study the narrative by putting ourselves in the place of one of the characters. For this passage, we could consider ourselves as one of the disciples who witnessed the events, Imagine ourselves as a Pharisee and how we might would respond. Perhaps the man's parents or his neighbors that see him, who was once blind. But today, I think it's especially noticeable and helpful for us to put ourselves in the place of the blind man, the one who is living a life and has lived a life full of challenges. As we encounter the scene in the gospel, we immediately hear that Jesus has come across a man that has been blind since birth. Few, if any of us, can imagine never having been able to see. To have lived a couple of decades and not know the color of a cloudless Oklahoma sky. To not have known what we really look like in a mirror. We struggle to imagine the difficulty of learning how to move around, how to walk how to navigate stairs safely. There was no option for him of corrective lenses or of surgery. All of his life, this blind man has only one option, to acknowledge the challenge and the suffering that he faces, to accept it, and to live his life accordingly. That informs us first this way. We have to recognize our own situation and the hardships that we face. One of the best encouragements that I ever received was being given the permission and even the challenge to look at experiences that I had gone through and to be willing and able to say that it hurt, that it was painful, that it was difficult, that I didn't like it, much like we heard from Frodo, I wish it hadn't happened to me whether that is the added challenge for us of not being able to go out and have a nice meal, struggling to find the necessary items that we need for day-to-day living at the store, being unable to gather together at church or have coffee with a friend, or if we know someone or ourselves have become sick. We need to own that this is hard. We have to recognize the challenges not only for us, but those around us, the sick, the dying, Those who have or may yet lose a loved one. Those who work at hospital, emergency services, gas stations, and numerous other places in which they have no choice but to be exposed to potentially sick people. Those who are at home and struggling to be at home when they're used to being away. And all of us who strive to provide some sense of normalcy to our lives and to the lives of others. We need to have the freedom to say that this is hard. Thankfully, many of the psalms show us that we have that freedom, give us the freedom to even express that frustration to God directly, to address our confusion and let God know how we really feel. But then we, like the blind man, must seek to live our lives in this new and yet hopefully very temporary normal that we now find ourselves in. What does such a life look like for us As Christians. Returning to our story, the blind man very early on has an encounter with Jesus. Here, you and I are a step ahead. We already know Jesus and something about him in his life and work. However, as we're putting ourselves in his shoes this morning, try to imagine his experience. A stranger and his friends happen to pass by near where you sit. This has probably happened a few hundred times. Maybe the group of kids makes fun of him or maybe someone has charity and tosses him a coin or a piece of bread. But this time is different. This time the man and his disciples are talking about you, about your blindness. And you hear him talking about doing works of light. And you hear him spit on the ground next to you. You maybe hear or feel him bending down. And the next thing you know, he's touching your eyes with clay or mud. And then he tells you to go down to the pool of Siloam and wash. Who is this man? What the heck is he doing? Why did he touch my eyes with mud? Why should I do what he asks of me? And yet, without comment or question, John shows us and tells us that this man went and did as Jesus asked, an act of simple obedience, simply following what Jesus asks him to do. How should we live in a difficult time? I think step one is simple obedience. We already know Jesus. We have the Bible. We can read it or listen to it and hear the commands of God and how he would have us live. Indeed, this is part of the Great Commission to obey all that he has commanded and that we teach others to do the same. We have to continue to study God's word and to allow God and his spirit to slowly work in our lives to conform us and our behavior to be in line with how he tells us to live even in such a time. Whether through online services or Bible studies or simply reading on your own, we can increase our knowledge of God and allow him to be at work in us. That doesn't perhaps answer one of our more nagging questions. Why does God allow this suffering? Why did God allow this man in the gospel to be born blind? There are great questions of all times that don't have easy answers but our story presents a theological truth that I think we can all learn from. The blind man in him, himself in the story is oddly silent about his condition. But everyone else in the story has an opinion. The disciples assume that either this man or his parents have sinned. Someone had to be at fault. This is that idea of karma that returns to us time and again that bad things happen because someone did something to deserve it. The Pharisees thought the same way, that this man was certainly born in sin and is therefore worthless in their society and should not be listened to or credited anything. Someone did something wrong. The people who lived near this man even had a hard time accepting that it was him and that he had been healed. The only people that don't question his blindness in the story are the blind man and jesus instead it is jesus who tells us and informs us that karma is not a christian concept in and of itself he broadens our list of possibilities and in this particular case declares that his blindness was so that the works of god could be made known who is to blame for the massive human tragedy that we are now facing Like the people in the gospel, many of us simply want to know who's at fault and will they be held accountable. And our gospel suggests that while someone could perhaps be at fault, God may yet have other reasons for allowing this time to be upon us. Other than the constant reminder that we need that we and our whole world are broken and live in a world of sin and separation from God. We may never know the reason or reasons why such times happen or why this particular pandemic has come upon us. But it is possible that God yet wants to make himself known through this pandemic. Perhaps he wants to capture our attention and turn our thoughts, our hearts, and our actions back into obedience to his commands of the scripture, into trusting God and living faithful lives. What we can certainly learn from this story is that whatever the case, God is in control. That we should and can trust him. And beyond the story of today, we know the rest of Jesus' life. We know of his death and his resurrection, which is our hope beyond this life. Which sounds a lot like our message last week. That we should be more concerned with the state of our soul than with the state of our bodies. So we should acknowledge our suffering, we should be obedient, we should trust God, and last but certainly not least, we should consider the conclusion to the gospel. Having been kicked out by the Pharisees, having been disbelieved by even his neighbors and those that knew him, and on top of a long life of suffering, the once blind man later again encounters Jesus. And in this encounter, he now sees Jesus for who he is. He learns that Jesus is the Son of God, and he responds with faith, with belief, and worship. Undoubtedly, this should be our response also. We, too, know that Jesus is the Son of God. We have clearly heard the gospel message that Jesus has come to forgive us of our sins, And to reconcile us with God. And that we have the hope of the resurrection. We know that Jesus. We know that we can trust God because he has shown himself to be trustworthy. Our trust in God allows us and enables us to worship him. To respond in reverence and adoration. So not only on Sunday mornings but each day and throughout the day. Such is how we should live. Acknowledging our suffering, striving to be obedient, trusting in a sovereign God, and responding to him in worship. May you worship him not only today, not only this morning, but throughout your day and throughout your week. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.